If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 132 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on March 13th, 2022. And we are back! (laughs) Finally! It's a shame it had to come to what it did, but sweet baby Jesus, after a 99-day lockout, a new CBA has been agreed to between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. Baseball is back. The increase in moves that we all knew was coming right when the CBA was officially ratified is happening, although a little slower than some of us thought, but it is happening. It's all flooding back in, my friends. Spring training mandatory reporting date is today, the 13th. Games start on Thursday, the 17th. Pretty sure for the Yankees, it starts on the 18th against the Pirates. Opening day is starting April 7th, a week late, but the first week of games will be made up by doubleheaders and extending the end of the season by three days, all so that the full 162 games can still be played despite the league's fake threats that missed games wouldn't be made up. And off we go, my friends. Off we go. (sighs) You could imagine that this was going to be the mood right when you turned on this podcast today. Anything else would have been just not on brand or appropriate. (laughs) And by the way, opening day for our Yanks now on the 7th is at home in the Bronx against the Red Sox at 105 Eastern. (laughs) God, I haven't been this happy in quite some time. Let's freaking go! (sighs) I've had this sort of mentality for a long time now, for some days since the CBA deal was announced, but oh my God in heaven. (laughs) I'm just so happy. I am so happy. This past week was looking awfully familiar to the last, with optimism rising a bit after late-night negotiations, but then it was followed by another stalemate after the subject of an international draft just dropped down from the sky out of absolutely freaking nowhere, divided the sides even more yet again, more division, another announcement came from the league that they canceled another week of games sending everyone into a further outrage. And then the next day on Thursday, the two sides said that they would extend the talks about this international draft to July 25th so it wouldn't be an immediate issue, which the league could have just offered the night before so more games didn't have to be announced as canceled in the first place, which of course just contributed to the outrage of fans even more. But in hindsight, fine, whatever. And we all know the league's tactics by now anyway. Throughout Thursday, though, the utmost of cautious optimism began boiling up again. And then, before we knew it, they announced the agreement to a new CBA and baseball's back. (laughs) And you look back on all of it. All the wasted time not negotiating at all. All the threats by the league. The fake deadlines, and they look even faker now in hindsight. And you knew they were fake to begin with, even when they were happening. And it didn't have to come to this. Even now, way later down the road, after an agreement is reached, it's just the truth. It didn't have to come to this. It really didn't. The anger was completely warranted by all of us fans. But in the end, we've got our beloved sport back, just in the nick of time, as life in general, of course, just continues to get tougher and tougher for most of us, seemingly. I mean, the world is just on fire right now overall, too. 
And now we've got our beloved sport back just to serve as that beautiful, joyous escape, that distraction. I, I couldn't be happier, man. <laughs> what a rush of emotions on Thursday when it was announced, and even now, too. I'm just so tired of being negative, especially about this. How nice it is just to actually be thrilled again about baseball for the love of everything holy. All right, so quick details on the CBA that will again span for the next five years. The Universal DH, it's here. I'm fine with it. It's time. I've spoken about it plenty on this show and otherwise on social media too. It's time, whatever. 12-team postseason, except for the five on each side. Now it's six on each side. The one-game wild card is no more. So the playoffs expand by one more team in each league from before. Uh, whatever. It's better than 14. I, I would have been much more outraged by 14, which the league was really pushing for, but thankfully they agreed to 12. I hope it stays there for the foreseeable future, even beyond you know when the next CBA has to come up. I did not want the 14 team, though. I'm, I'm glad about that. Obviously, increased minimum salary, $700,000 to start, and increasing by $20,000 per year for guys just coming up and going through service time. That's the minimum salary now up from a little over five hundred grand. New pre-arbitration bonus pool of $50 million, an increase in luxury tax or CBT, whatever the hell you want to call it, $230 million in 2022. Then rising each year to 233, 237, 241, and 244. The PA, the Players Association, they got the league to move on a decent amount of these things. And quite a bit. So good on them. The league can afford it. <laughs> Major League Baseball can afford it. So whatever. Good on the PA for getting them to move on some of these issues. Uh, six pick draft lottery as well, along with the. Evaluation of the international draft as well down the road. So, it's official. This is it, guys. Oh, and by the way, by the way, want to mention this for sure. No more runners on second and extra innings anymore. And nine-inning doubleheaders, true doubleheaders, are back. Seven-inning doubleheaders are no more. Howla freaking Louia to both of those things. I was so freaking over the runner on second and extras and the seven inning doubleheaders. So over both of those. Thank the sweet Lord, both of those are gone. And like I said before, we were expecting free agency and trades to be chaos right when free agency began again. And that sort of, not as much as was anticipated, but it's, it's happening. It's what's happened so far for the most part. All the way from Friday, the day after the deal was announced, to now, the mandatory spring training report date today. Some players arrived earlier, obviously, as some always do, usually every year. But today, everyone's got to be there. But just a quick rundown on some moves that have happened. I mean, I did this quick rundown sort of a thing when moves were being just bombarded leading up to the lockout when everyone was pressing to get those moves in before nothing could be done anymore. And here's some moves already, a bunch of them. Rodon signed with the Giants, so... The Yanks can't get him if they wanted to add to their rotation now. Rodon was associated with the Yankees a little bit. Some people were talking about if the Yankees were to add him. And there were some rumors flying before the lockout, but he's officially with the Giants on a two-year deal. Kershaw signed back with the Dodgers. No surprise there. Kikuchi. You say Kikuchi signs with the Blue Jays. Alex Colome with the Rockies. Chris Bassett from the A's, who I've mentioned in the past when talking about what could be... A good coupling for the Yankees to get in adding to their starting rotation, possibly in a possible package with Matt Olson. maybe. I spoke about him, I spoke about Manaya. I spoke about Montas. But anyway, Chris Bassett was traded to the Mets, and honestly, it's a good pickup for them to follow up Scherzer and DeGrom, especially if either one, or God forbid both, are to get hurt, and they have had their injury troubles in the last year, so. And they also got some bullpen help in Ottavino as of today, and that name still leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth personally as a Yankee fan for obvious reasons at certain points. But anyways, so the pitchers especially are just flying off the market, signing and otherwise pretty quick here. And outside of pitchers, Andrelton Simmons 
signed with the Cubs. So no more Simmons to the Yankees as a stopgap discussion. Thank the Lord in heaven almighty. And the same goes for Kiner Falefa being traded to the Twins. Thank God. (laughs) Uh, I was so tired of that discussion, but yeah, so far... A bunch of deals in shorter length, one and two years. And then Yusei Kikuchi was like a three-year deal, I believe. Yeah, it was a three-year deal. And the Yanks are still silent, except for a small deal that was just announced literally minutes ago. I, I just saw this. Tim LaCastro is back on a major league deal. Kind of surprised about that. I would think it was a minor league deal, but now he's back on a major league deal, of course. You remember he added an element of speed and defense as well. But then, unfortunately, he tore his ACL, missed the rest of the season, and then in November, prior to the lockout, he was claimed off waivers by the Red Sox, and now he's back on a Major League deal, what appears to be a Major League deal, a one-year deal. So, a lot of people were expressing concern, even though, of course, probably the same people who were crapping on Tyler Wade, me being one of them, I'm not going to be a hypocrite, (laughs) but when guys like LaCastro were claimed off waivers and... Tyler Wade was traded to the Angels. A lot of people were going on about how the Yankees are losing that element of speed. And, I mean, amongst when Cashman and the rest of them were also saying that they need to get more athletic. So people were like, oh, so what are you doing getting rid of speedy guys? Well, Tim LaCastro coming back now. Who knows how big of a role he'll have on the team. Or a lot of people are joking around already about if it stops them from bringing Brett Gardner back (laughs) for another season. Which I don't think it should to begin with, even if they are just joking. But um, but a lot of people were just going on about, well, why, why are you getting rid of speedy guys if you want to get more athletic? Well, bringing back LaCastro now, whether it be just to pinch run him off the bench or what have you, put him in the outfield for defense, maybe sub him in later in the game, regardless of what role you use him in, you got that element of speed back in him now. Maybe the Yankees add on a couple of more with moves that they're yet to make, small or larger scale moves. I mean... But you got the element of speed back, or at least some of it in LaCastro returning, and known for his defense too, like I said before. So, just a small move there, obviously. But things are happening overall, and as far as bigger moves, I still hope the Yanks don't let us down, man. I'm, I'm in too good a mood, and I've been in extreme anticipation, waiting to see what they'll do when the lockout finally ended. And I hope they make my excitement and our excitement overall worth it, honestly. I really, really hope so. But this, as you could probably tell by the good mood in this episode so far, is an episode of celebration, my good people. Baseball is finally back again after months of complete nothingness. Moves are happening again. Rumors are strong. Even with the Yanks with Freeman, even though the Dodgers are also in on him. There's still shortstop discussion, too, of course, with the Yankees. And the whole nine yards. And I've also, I hinted to this on Twitter last night, so if you saw it on Twitter, quite a bit of people did. But if you saw this, then you're already kind of expecting this. But for the people who didn't see it, I've also got some big personal news of my own. And I was only made aware of it about a week ago, and it became official as of yesterday. So it's recent. I wanted to wait until today to say it. And I've given away some personal news on my podcast before. I like to do that, even though it is a Yankees-based show, and it still is like that each and every week. It is still my show. So if something big happens for me, I like to announce it on here. So in my personal life, something big has happened in the last week or so. A lot of you, especially those who follow me closely on social media, or even if you know me personally, then even more so, but a lot of you know that on top of producing my own content with Yapping Yankees here and doing my own content, creating it, producing it, releasing it, promoting it, all of it, I do this whole thing on my own. A lot of you know that already. But on top of doing that, a lot of you already know that I also happen to work in the radio industry too. That's what I went to college for. I got a degree in mass communications broadcasting with a focus in radio. And two months after graduating, I was lucky enough to land a solid board op and producing job out in eastern Long Island for a radio station. And I've been there ever since. So that's almost three years now. In August, it'll be three years I'm there. 
And I've done that job on top of doing this podcast. And I started the podcast about three months before I was hired there because Yapping Yankees is right on the cusp of being three years old already, which is just insane to think about. My God. Pretty sure in May or June it'll be three years old. Started in 2019 in, I believe it was either late May or like the first week of June or something like that. And something big happened at the radio station. My boss gave us two-week notice because he got another job. My boss, who I love dearly, I'm going to give him a shout-out here on this show. His name is Mike Casali, another Mike. <laughs> it's almost gotten to the point where at, that, where at that radio station, just having your name as Mike, you might as well put that on your resume because that is a big qualifying factor. <laughs> but anyways, he got another job, which I'm thrilled for him about. Thrilled. And ultimately, his job... Was He was the program director of our station. Ultimately, in the end, the job offer to replace him was put into my lap. And I ultimately took the job. So I am now a program director of a legit radio station. Not college radio, nothing else. I mean, not to crap on college radio. I love college radio. I was the assistant manager at my college's radio station as well with my good friend Matt. And... College is great. That's where I learned everything that I know how to do now. Everything. It's the skills that I use that I learned from there are the very same skills that I utilize in putting this podcast together. And it's also how I know how the radio industry works and how I got into radio. You know, the whole deal. So I'm certainly not crapping on college or college radio. It's important. And I had some of the best times of my life there. But I'm actually the program director of a legitimate radio station now out on Eastern Long Island. And I'm very happy about it. I mean, it's crazy. I only just turned 25 a couple of months ago, and I'm already a program director running a whole station. It's nuts. <laughs> I officially just took over yesterday because my boss's, or my, I guess my ex-boss at this point, his last day was Friday. So this is just absolutely insane. Very, very crazy. A lot all at once. Training this last week was a great deal of work. It had to have been an almost 60-hour work week just trying to crunch everything that I had to learn as a program director into one week. And it was a lot. <laughs> it was an awful lot. I've had so many people in my personal life congratulate me already who are already aware of the, of the promotion. And I could not be more appreciative to all those people and to all of you who will probably inevitably congratulate me after this. I already ahead of time say thank you very, very much. Because I'm very fortunate to have a lot of people in my personal life and a lot of people even through this show or on social media or what have you care about me and my endeavors a great deal, which I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. I love all you guys. But I just wanted to announce that on this show because I'm, I'm thrilled about it. I'm kind of speechless about it. It's kind of surreal when, I, when it was offered to me, the job. Be the new program director. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> that is, it's a big job. <laughs> You're in charge of everybody at the radio station. You're in charge of the radio station running. You're in charge of what you want to run and when, the schedule. Ugh, it's a lot. <laughs> That's only just scratching the surface. So it's an unbelievable thing. It's also a lot of work because the transition of power right now is pretty hectic, which is also why my training week was crazy. And this upcoming week is also going to be completely nuts. That's also why I was on social media a little bit less this past week. And it'll probably be the same way this week. But I'm going to have to worry about this week being the first official week where I take on these responsibilities on my own. While also training my replacement, which my current shift for these last almost three years before I was offered this job was to work the middays. The midday show into the early evening and I have to train my replacement, which is a hand-picked replacement by me, a really good friend of mine who is a hard worker, really good at radio too. So I'm looking forward to training him up on all this. But training him up and assuming all these responsibilities on my own for this first week, it's going to be a crazy freaking week. <laughs> and any crazy weeks that I may or may not have with this job going forward, I just got to warn you right now, if it happens to be hectic at all, because as you can imagine, this is a full-time job. There are even a couple of things that I have to do on weekends sometimes, and from home, yes, but that I still have to do on weekends. It's a humongous position with a lot of work that goes into it, and the work's going to be divvied up again amongst me and my crew and everything, so it'll eventually it'll all even out, and 
level out. It'll be running like a well-oiled machine, or at least that's my goal. So ultimately, this shouldn't really be a problem, or as much of a problem, unless something big is going on. But, especially for these next couple of weeks while the transition of power continues, if there is a week where I'm, like, overly exhausted, <laughs> like, the week was just way too taxing, which, if I'm doing this episode after this last week, the way this last week was, maybe it won't be a problem. But if there's ever a week that's just beyond overwhelming for me, and I just... I don't have it in me to do a show on Sunday. I'll let you guys know ahead of time, but there might be a weekend out there that I that I just push off yapping Yankees for a weekend because I just, it's too much. <laughs> Obviously, the grind never stops. This past week was crazy enough as it is, and here I am today still doing this episode. So again, like I said, maybe it won't be a problem. I am as hard a worker as anybody out there, as you could tell just from me being here today. So maybe it won't be a problem, but just a little potential warning beforehand that could happen. <laughs> and of course, I do, every once in a blue moon, very rarely take a weekend off here if I have something really important going on, but but still, just to let you know ahead of time what's going on in my personal life, just wanted to tell you that in the event that that sort of a thing happens, and also because I'm just overjoyed about this new position. I can't wait to take it on. It's going to be a lot of work, but it's also going to be a lot of fun. And I couldn't be happier. So this is an episode of celebration, and that's why I said what I said too. Because of baseball being back and all the joy that comes with that, all the thrill, all the happiness, and also what's going on in my personal life too. It's all good stuff. <laughs> I'm just really in a good mood this week. Really in a good mood, which is really nice because not only just with what's been going on in my personal life, but also just how lonely life has been for people like me and anybody else whose life revolves around baseball as much as it might, without anything at all going on in baseball, anything, not a single thing going on for over three months, like three and a half months, 99 days, basically 100 days of a lockout. Not to mention, too, of course, everything going on around the world. Finally, this happens. Things finally start to take a sort of a turn, even in my personal life with this job now. Things finally seem to be shifting, and when you go a while without much of anything good happening, when you're just longing personally for something positive, anything positive really, even if it's minuscule, when good finally does come, you appreciate it that much more. So that's why this week I'm in that much better of a mood, because it's just finally such great things happening all at once, this job, baseball returning, and baseball meaning as much as it does for me. The only thing that could make it even better is that at some point this week, or maybe even before I stop recording this episode today so I can announce it right here on the show, the Yankees make a big move of some kind. <laughs> so that would be really cool. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that. So far, we've got Tim LaCastro today, and that's about it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the announcement, guys. I mean, baseball's back. I'm the new program director of an entire radio station. It's crazy. And if I get an overwhelming demand for it, I'll even tell you guys the name of the radio station if you want. I won't really announce it right now because it's not too important in the grand scheme of things. I just wanted to announce my new position there, just in radio overall. But if you guys really want to know the name of that radio station, I'll, I'll announce it. It's not really that big of a deal. But that's mainly what I wanted to tell you guys. So a very celebratory episode. New position, program director, baseball's back, all great stuff. All right, let's continue this celebratory episode, though, into our social media segment for today, guys. I've got a social media question for you today as opposed to a poll or a Q&A, and it's pretty straightforward to continue on with the positive mindset. I know a lot of people are probably like, oh, you know, positive mindset, then we won't get the ranting mic that we all love. Guys, I I've done enough rants. D do you want me to just take a stroke right here in front of the microphone? Is that what you want? <laughs> And just not have me edit it out and just release it right there. Just a uh, young 25-year-old podcaster takes a stroke while recording show after his seventh consecutive week ranting. <laughs> what do you want from me? Let me be positive for a week. It feels good to finally be happy and not just angry <laughs> about baseball abandoning me and being run by people who don't care, yada, yada, yada. The whole freaking deal, you know it. It's been going on for months and even going back to 2020 when things were tense between the two sides when COVID was brand new. So, just let me be happy. So, we're going to continue that going into this week's social media segment, which again is a question and, quite frankly, pretty straightforward. 
This week's question is, just tell me, how do you feel about everything? The new CBA, the Yankees going forward, all of it. How do you feel? Just express your joy about being back, or if you want to talk more about the Yankees and their future, go right ahead. Just, how do you feel? Now that baseball is officially back. Because now feelings can change now that the emotion of baseball not being around is gone. Baseball is back. How are you feeling? Within the next week, spring training games are going to be on television again. The sport has returned. It's official. Moves have happened in the last couple of days. The Yankees may be quiet except for the Tim LeCastro acquisition so far. But beyond that, how are you feeling now that baseball's returned? Now, how am I feeling when it comes to the CBA? I'm very happy that the Players Association got the league to move quite a bit on certain issues, especially on things like the luxury tax, minimum salary. I am overjoyed, like I said before. I am over the moon about the fact that runners on second and extras and seven-inning doubleheaders are now officially a thing of the past. I could not be happier about that. The expanded postseason, a lot of you know that I'm against it, but I would have been a lot more against the 14-team postseason. I think I even said maybe a couple of weeks ago when it was being discussed how against it I was, but then it was being talked about there being a 12-team, and even though I was like, ugh, about that too, at least it's only one more team in each league, and now they have, you know, a round that doesn't just have a one-game series or anything like that. Not crazy about the bye weeks, the one and two teams in the league, the best teams getting the first series off. Not too big a fan about that, but whatever. Whatever. If there has to be an expanded postseason, which we knew there was going to be eventually, because it just gets more profit, of course, more teams making the playoffs, more games, the whole nine yards, you know the deal. It was going to happen eventually. So if it had to happen, I'm glad it was 12 and not 14. Because the more teams you invite into the playoffs, if you had 14... Like I've said in the past, that's about half the league going into the playoffs. What in the actual hell are you playing 162 regular season games for at that point? The games become that much less valuable the more teams that you invite into the playoffs. I could afford to deal with it more back in 2020 when the playoffs were really, really changed that year because it was just a 60-game season. Only 60 games. It only makes sense that you give other teams more of an opportunity to make the playoffs and make a deeper run because it was a very short season. But what are you inviting that many teams into the playoffs for if you're going to play 162 games? You might as well have a 100-game season at that point or maybe even less. Because what's the point of playing that many games if half the league's going to be in? So if it had to be an expanded postseason like it is, and I had a feeling that it would be, and it is, I'm glad it's 12 and not 14, whatever, I'll deal with it. The Universal DH, I know a lot of especially old-time baseball fans who for some reason like to see the pitchers hit even though it increases risk for injury, and a lot of them just look like flailing little leaguers at the plate who have never swung the bat before a day in their lives. A lot of people still like that. And it's part of tradition, I get it, a lot of people just really believe nine players in the field, nine people in the lineup, the pitcher should hit, whatever. I I get it. My phone won't stop vibrating, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just going to hold it so it doesn't obnoxiously vibrate on the desk and then add that much more of a vibrating sound to the microphone. But anyways, where the hell was I? Universal DH. (laughs) So I get that a lot of people view it as a part of tradition and a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people are upset to see the pitcher hitting go. I, for one, am really not. (laughs) Especially after a few years ago witnessing Tanaka even getting hurt running the bases, and there's even injury involved with swinging the bat, the injury risk. And, like I said, with the exception of a couple of people, like Madison Bumgarner the last few years, especially Jacob deGrom, or even... A Noah Syndergaard, for instance, you have your handful of pitchers who can swing the bat pretty well and actually do some damage. But, guys, 90 to 95% of them, the vast, vast majority of pitchers, they couldn't step up to the plate in a major league game and do something worthwhile if they had a gun pointed to their head. Let's get real here. So with that factored into the injury risk and the fact that in all other systems... Here, the minor leagues, and even around the world, so many of them 
have the DH enforced. It was only a matter of time. It was time. It was time for Major League Baseball to enforce the same thing. And now the National League can have the National League teams can have more liberty to mess around with their lineup a little bit. A lot of people are talking about the Mets, especially with the moves that they continue to make, and they are one of those teams. They could afford to put Dom Smith there sometimes, maybe. They could afford to put Pete Alonso there sometimes. I mean, the National League teams can have this freedom now to do that sort of a thing with their lineups. It was going to happen eventually. It's time. It's used in virtually almost, if not literally, every single league, not only around this country in itself, but around the world. It's time. It is time. The pitchers don't focus on their hitting nearly enough for it to make a damn bit of difference anyway. I'm almost positive that basically every pitcher, not named Bumgarner or DeGrom or anybody else in the rest of the handful that's good at swinging the bat as a pitcher, is glad about this. So if you factor that all together, I'm glad with how the Players Association got the league to move in certain areas a decent amount. It was time for the Universal DH. I'm fine with it. If you're an old-time baseball fan and you have a problem with it and you disagree with me on that, just say, oh, you're a youngster, you don't understand. I understand plenty, first of all. But if you disagree with me, then fine. Disagreements are allowed, of course. That's the beauty of this country, and I more than welcome them on this podcast. And I am thrilled about the runner on second and extras not being there anymore. Same thing for the seven-inning doubleheaders. So all in all, I'm pretty satisfied with the new CBA. The, the rest of the things like the pre-arbitration bonus pool, draft lottery, it's whatever. They, they got them to move a bit on that. I guess that's the most I'll go in-depth on that. That's for them. <laughs> just the, the sharing of the money. Whatever. I'm just glad they got them to move. So I guess that's all I'll say about that. As far as the Yankees going forward, I'll, I'll basically repeat what I said in the intro. I just hope that they make our excitement worthwhile. I mean, hopefully Tim LaCastro is just the first move of a few, because obviously the Yankees, even themselves after the season ended and before the lockout, acknowledged that they have plenty of holes to cover on this team, plenty of holes to plug and fill, the two main ones, of course, being shortstop and first base. We've spoken about that all offseason long, all lockout long. We even addressed a different position that they could also afford to add in, being starting pitching. Obviously, guys like Rodon are off the board now. And the pitching market is sort of thinning out now, the more that continue to be signed or traded or whatever, either one. So the main ones are shortstop and first base. Those are the ones I and everybody else, of course, wants to see them tackle. We've spoken all about them possibly being in on Correa and or Story. Correa is going to want a truckload's worth of money. Story, maybe you could get him on a shorter term deal, two, three years. A bit doubtful, though. Maybe you can, though, because he might want to prove himself a little bit more after the 2021 that he had. Who knows? I don't think you're going to get him on that short term of a deal, in which case it gets a little complicated there because you're certainly not getting Correa on a shorter term deal. <laughs> Definitely not. And it also depends on what they choose to do with first base because they are in on Freddie Freeman. He's a free agent, so if you get him, you're going to have to pay for him. You're not going to trade for him and just give up prospects. You're going to have to give up money. So if you spend on Freeman, you could all but guarantee that you're not getting Correa because the chances of the Yankees spending on both Freeman and Correa are unbelievably slim. Unbelievably slim. As amazing as that would be. But if you get Olsen, you give away prospects, regardless of who it may be. I heard the A's might want Volpe or Peraza plus more. Maybe even some people on the Major League roster, maybe a Geo and or a Voight paired in with that in a big package. But And obviously, depending on who you'd be willing to give away personally, there are plenty of other names you could choose from from, from the prospect list. You got both Luis's Heel and Medina. You got Austin Wells, Clark Schmidt. Yo, Andres Gomez, you got some different names to choose from, and if you even want to look at other shortstops that the Yankees have, because they just have a plethora of shortstops, Trey Sweeney, Alexander Vargas, they've got a crap ton of shortstops in the system, as we know. I mean, if you were to do that, you give away prospects, you get Olsen, then maybe you have spending room and maybe you could tackle a Correa, maybe. As much as I would like Correa strictly for skill on the Yankees, of course, you can't deny that about him. I've said that a million times. 
I don't think they're going to get him ultimately because I just can't imagine the Yankees going like 10 years, 300 plus. I just don't see them committing like that. So realistically, I don't see it happening as much as I would love for it to happen and would be for it to happen. I definitely see Story as a more likely outcome. Certainly would not complain with Story, although I would rather Correa when it comes to on-field skill. Would rather Correa, would not complain about Story. But it depends what happens first, too. Like I said, a lot of moving parts here. What are they going to do at first base? What are they going to do at shortstop? And when will they do it? Which one's going to happen first? And what specifically are they going to do? Are they going to spend on one or the other, which is likely. You spend on Freeman, you're probably not going to spend on Correa, and you hope to get a shorter-term deal on Story. And like I also said, now the stopgap crap can stop being spoken about because Simmons and Kiner Falefa are dealt with. (laughs) Thank God about that. So if you spend on Freeman, you're probably not spending on Correa. We've spoken about all this before. Maybe you hope to get a short-term deal on Story at that point. Or if you open up big on shortstop, if you do spend big there, then maybe you look to get an Olsen where you'd give prospects away and Olsen would not be that much money because he's still under team control. Only thing you'd have to worry about is giving up prospects. Not to mention that although, listen, you're not going to hear me complain a damn bit if the Yankees get Freeman. I'm going to be overjoyed about that. Freddie Freeman is still a top first baseman in the game. It's Freddie freaking Freeman. Come on. But the one that I truly want, and I've said this before plenty, is Matt Olson. Younger. Terrific bat. Terrific defense. All-around great player. Lefty hitter. And so is Freeman. But Olsen's the one that I really want. He really is. So... If you spend big on shortstop, then maybe you look to getting Olsen there where you don't have to spend a lot of money. You just have to sacrifice prospects. And no prospect is a guarantee, like I said. There's one prospect that I'd really be hesitant to give away, and that's Volpe. Maybe even Dominguez. Maybe. But no prospect is a guarantee. And if it's appropriate in the given time, then you sacrifice him. If it's worth it. And if you do intend on properly plugging up all the remaining holes on the team, Because you're doing this to go for a title. You're not doing this to sort of do what you have to do and still come up short. If you're going to make a commitment like this with either or both positions, you got to go for it. You got to be thinking in your head you're going for a title, not just making the playoffs and having an early exit again. So if you pull the trigger on something like that, it's got to be worth it. So, fine, they got some of their speed back with LaCastro. Great. But you got to finish the job after that. If you could find maybe a mid-rotation starter to follow up Seve and Cole and Monty's still there. Of course, the Yankees have a bunch of starting options. They've got Cole. They've got Montgomery. They've got Severino. They've got Nestor Cortez. They've got Domingo Herman. They've got Jameson Tyone when he's ready. And if you want to look at other options even, you've got Luis Heal. You've got Michael King. And even though I'm not that big of a fan of his, you also got Clark Schmidt waiting in the wings there. You got options. You got a lot of starting options. So maybe the Yankees feel comfortable in that sense. But if you could add like a mid-rotation starter to really solidify things there, make me feel even better. A couple of veteran names that people have mentioned are guys like Michael Pineda, who's already been in pinstripes, obviously. People have even mentioned Zach Greinke. And a big guy that people have been mentioning going back to last year as a potential trade option from the Reds is even Luis Castillo. That's always in the back of people's minds. Although that would definitely be a towards-the-top-of-the-rotation type addition, which you will not find me complaining about. And that would require the Yankees to package a lot of guys in a trade, too. But, of course, the main two priorities you've got to add at shortstop, you've got to plug the holes, rather, at shortstop and first base. You've got to do that. And if they do all that, then I'll be feeling optimistic. But it depends on which area they tackle first and what they choose to do in said area, because that will directly impact what they choose to do with the other of the two positions. Like I said, it all depends. Nothing we haven't been through before. So they might be quiet so far with the exception of LaCastro, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt to get this job done, whether it be today, tomorrow, next week, in three weeks, regardless, to just get it done at least before opening day. I'll keep being patient. But eventually that's going to run out, (laughs) especially because I'm not that patient of a person at heart, really. 
depending on the situation or the subject. But with this, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because this was a highly unusual offseason thanks to the lockout, and now a lot of things are happening at once just as they were leading up to the lockout. But I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And the Yankees better not, better not make me regret doing that. (laughs) So let's hear some thoughts of yours with this question. Just how you feeling about everything? The new CBA, the Yankees going forward, how quiet they've been so far, and what that could mean about them going forward. Whatever's on your mind, how do you feel about everything now that baseball is officially returned? And we're going to start on Twitter, of course, just going through your replies. It's just a question, so open response. I'll read a bunch on Twitter, as many as I can, as usual. And then we'll move on to Instagram and read a few over there. And that'll be it for today. And then you look to next week, of course, and baseball will officially be full-blown back and being played again. And by then, likely, a lot more will have happened, whether it be around baseball in general or with our Yankees. So let's get started here on Twitter. First up, we've got my friend James, at RebirthChaos09. How's everybody feeling about everything? Leading off today's social media segment, James says, I'll be honest, I'm glad the players got most of what they wanted, and it was as close to fair as possible. As far as the Yankees are concerned, this team needs to get better or they will be in fourth place. Period. Get me Correa and Olsen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That reminds me of a quote that Aaron Boone had again today. He was like, oh, we could win with what we have now. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) And yes, I get it. I know. I even put this tweet up before acknowledging it. I know. It's a matter of, oh, he's a manager. What is he supposed to say? I get it. I know that. But come on. (laughs) You can win with what we have now? No, we can't. Are you out of your mind? Come on. (laughs) I hope that's not truly what they believe. I know it's what he has to say, but God, I hope (laughs) that's not legit. Because even the Yankees themselves said that they need to get better and plug certain massive holes on this team. They were saying that after they got eliminated again at the end of 2021, embarrassingly in Boston in the wildcard game. So, yeah, with what they have now, especially if a lot of the guys underperformed the way they did last year, yeah, this team is no better than a third-place team. And like you said, maybe even fourth place. Maybe even. Because the Blue Jays are improving, they have a killer offense, and they're even bulking up their rotation even more. Even though Kikuchi, I don't really consider him to be a really good pitcher. He's really His numbers aren't even good. But... They have a lot of promising arms still. They got Ryu. They got Manoa. They've got Barrios. They've got Gossman now. It's so, so they have arms. They do. They've got arms. But, you know, the Blue Jays are improving. The Red Sox, I mean, I can I considered them to be a big surprise last year. And if they plan on doing the same thing this year, then you got them too. And, of course, you got Tampa Bay, who's who always manages to be in it. So, yeah. The, the AL East is very competitive, so if the Yankees don't make the necessary improvements, you're right. Yeah, third, maybe even fourth. It's hard to disagree with that. It's, it's realism. It's not being negative or pessimistic about your own team. It's, it's realism. And get me Correa and Olsen, and you know that's the pairing I want. <laughs> you know that that is the pairing I want. Regardless of how realistic or unrealistic it is, <laughs> and I've acknowledged all of that, but you know that that's the pairing that I would love to have on this team. All right, let us commence forth. Up next is my friend Spencer at Musician DMD, and Spencer says, For me, the lockout evoked emotions from past Major League Baseball stoppages. The 81 strike, the midseason strike and cancellation of the 94 season, which is still awful. The antagonism between Major League Baseball and the PA just to field a season in 2020 served as an overture that a wipeout of the 2022 season was probable. When I learned the lockout was over from you, that's cool you learned from me, because I was going nuts on Twitter, as a lot of people know, (laughs) I felt myself overcome with emotion as the news sunk in. I'm a 40-plus year fan, two decades as a Yankees season ticket holder. I was so doubtful that there'd be baseball. I'm emotional and grateful that Major League Baseball will not be taken away from me this year. Amen to that, Spencer. (laughs) That's really all I could say about that. I fortunately was not alive for the prior times that there were work stoppages, whether it be the 94 strike, the 81 strike. I was not around for any of it. So thank God for that because it was almost 30 years of labor peace before the CBA this offseason. So it was it was tough. I can't imagine having been through those 
and then watching this take place. I mean, obviously, I saw it take place in 2020 when they were trying to figure out how to get baseball back amidst COVID being new. But yeah, other than 2020 and now, I don't really have much experience with the labor disputes being really that bad in my lifetime and in my time as a baseball fan, of course, since like 2007-ish. So yeah, I can't imagine what it must be like dealing with it after having seen all those other times. But that's, I have to agree with everything you said. And that's cool, again, that you found out from me, because Lord only knows how ballistic I was going on the timeline and how much attention the tweets were getting when baseball came back. I just, I didn't even know what to do with myself. (laughs) At Minucci, Matt says, here's a take. Toronto is the team to beat. By not getting Freeman and Correa or Olsen and Story, some combination of the two, and a mid-rotation starting pitcher for depth behind Seve and Cole, the Yankees are saying we can't compete. Yeah, you certainly hope that they get one of those four names, Freeman, Correa, Olsen, Story. I even put out a tweet at one point this past week, too, saying that if they don't get at least one of those four, that I'll be livid. And I still will. They've got to take this seriously. Enough of the BS. Enough of the waiting. Next year. Next year. No. Now. Win now. You're in the win now. You're in the championship window. Or so they always say. So act like it. Let your moves actually reflect the fact that you feel that way. So I totally hear you there. They've got to get one of those. And like I said, even I touched on starting pitching too because an addition there would be nice as well. But yeah, one of those four names would obviously be the most ideal of anything. Next we have at Laura underscore Icemont. And Laura says, I'm thrilled that baseball is back. As far as the CBA, the one rule I'm glad they agreed on was the universal DH. Teams like the Mets will benefit from the DH tremendously. For the Yankees, their main priorities are to sign a shortstop and first base. Whoever they sign better be worth it. Yeah, and I even mentioned the Mets as as a specific example because a lot of people had been talking about them, and I actually felt that way. I felt that way for a long time, especially talking to my good friend Matt, who, again, I, I ran my college's radio station with. He's a big Met fan. We've been talking for years now about how big it would be in certain areas for the Mets if the Universal DH were to ever be enacted. And I've always felt for years that it would be massively beneficial for them, especially since getting Dom Smith and Pete Alonso coming up, for sure. I mean, those are two main names that I can think of right away that the Mets could utilize in that position. It's big. So I totally agree with that, Laura. Universal DH, yeah, it's about time. And yeah, those are the main priorities, shortstop and first base for the Yankees. It's got to be. Has been for a while, and it's got to still be. Rob at Laker 477 is next, and he says, The only thing that I hate about the deal is corporate logos on the uniforms. Yeah, I mean, those were there before, and it's just going to continue. That's part of making more money, as if there isn't already enough of that invested into this sport. (laughs) (sighs) What are you going to do? It stinks, and... You know, it's whatever, like the Nike logo on the uniforms, that's already been around for some time now, and things like that are going to continue, unfortunately. So, Rebecca at Peace Now for Life is next, and Rebecca says, I am so thrilled that baseball is back. I want to see the Yankees make some good quality moves. I want to see a winning season. I'm optimistic about the upcoming season. Go Yankees. Yeah, I'm not until they make those moves. (laughs) When they make at least one of those two extremely needed moves for first base and shortstop, if they sign at least one of those four names, that's when you're going to get a huge part of the optimism out of me. Until then, because the Yankees cannot do it's been more than proven at this point that the Yankees cannot do it with this current squad, regardless of what Aaron Boone said earlier today, in contradiction to what they said at the end of last year when they got eliminated by Boston in the wildcard game. So... That's when when you're going to get optimism out of me, because this team that they have right now ain't going nowhere. And if they do go somewhere, I'll tell you where it's going to be once again. It's going to be an early exit in the playoffs. That's where they're going. So moves need to be made. And when those vital moves are made, or at least when they start to be made, that's when you'll see even more increased optimism out of yours truly. At Zach Wood Designs is up next, and Zach says, Past few years, we've kept prospects a little too long after all the hype, and when their trade value was the highest, we didn't deal them. Do you think we are overhyping some of our current prospects? Well, it's tough to tell that until, you know, you actually see them get their big league shot. So, a couple of the prospects that are yet to even debut in the majors, it's tough to really see that. I think Luis Heal could very well end up being a big deal. 
He just needs to get a little bit more control because he would have trouble throwing strikes at times and get himself into his own sort of jams. And then he would just as greatly work out of them as well. But definitely some inexperience there, some more developing needed. But I definitely think he's got great stuff. I've said in the past that he very much reminds me of Severino. And I think guys like him could be very good. That's a guy who has made his Major League debut as of last year, obviously. That's why I mentioned him. But other guys like Volpe... Dominguez, Peraza, other guys that are yet to make their debuts, you're not really sure yet until they do. Guys in the past, like Clint Frazier, Miguel Andujar so far, whether it be lack of on-field skill or injuries or what have you, even as of the last couple of years, Glaber Torres, honestly. Yeah, I think it's safe to say in some cases the Yankees have definitely had a habit of overhyping their prospects at times. That's just undeniable. It's fact. But with some of the guys who are yet to make their Major League debut, it's obviously tough to tell as of yet. But that is definitely a habit that the Yankees have exhibited in the past. You can't deny it. Next, we've got Tina at Mountain Gal 456. And Tina says, I'm thrilled baseball's back, Mike. I have to admit, I'm still ticked off at both sides as to what they put the fans through. But the game itself is a blessing to have back. I'll be even more thrilled if we can get a shortstop. Let's go Yankees, you can do this. Yeah, they can certainly do it. (laughs) If they want to, they can absolutely get a shortstop that we're all looking at, whether it be Correa, Story, especially Correa. (laughs) And they could do it. And they should. If they want to be acting like those big boys that they pretend to be who are in the middle of a championship window and a win-now mentality, go ahead then. Because the the year that they looked like they were mostly going to win it all was 2017, the first year, really, of the Baby Bomber era. And what have they done since then? Except for, especially in 2018, 2020, and 2021, except for just get absolutely embarrassed time and time again. 2019, not so much, because, you know, even with all the injuries they had that year, they still managed to win 103 games, and they made it within two games of the World Series again, like they made it within one game in 2017. So not as much that year, but... Especially in 2018, 2020, and 2021, especially those years. I mean, it's just been constant embarrassment. So, yeah, it's time. Go get the freaking shortstop. Go get the freaking first baseman. Put your foot down and get it done. All right, next up we've got at Andrew Caruso 77. And Andrew says, I'm so happy that baseball is back. It sucks that I won't get to watch opening day live because I have school that day, but regardless, I'm excited to watch the Yanks in action this year, hopefully with a few new additions. It took too long for them to get to this point. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely did. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, and I'm not even so sure I'll be able to watch opening day either myself because especially with this new program director job, I'm definitely going to be in the heat of work. So I don't really know. Maybe if I'm in my office at the time, and hopefully that'll be the point in time where responsibilities at the station, once I'm all settled in, are just divided out equally and everything will level out. Hopefully I'll have time to just access it and tune in for at least a good amount of time, because I'll just be tortured for me not being able to watch opening day. So hopefully I will be able to watch it as well. I'm sorry that you're going to be in school. That stinks. But hey, you got to go to school. (laughs) So, but yeah, obviously the thrill of baseball being back, you could feel it in people's replies. It's just everybody's happy. Everybody's happy as they deserve to be. At Real Mikey D50 is up next, and he says, Just happy that baseball's back. I don't really like the new CBT as I feel Hal uses it as a salary cap, or at least uses it as an excuse not to spend, but overall happy about the new CBA. I worry that the Yankees will stand pat and not do anything, and Cashman will say we tried. Well, yeah, the new CBT at least actually moved up. The players did get to the, the league to move up a bit, so that's a good thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, each owner will treat it as they individually treat it. Like, you know, how Steinbrenner might treat it one way. The smaller market teams will probably go nowhere near it. And then Steve Cohen just does not give a single solitary crap about it. So, <laughs> yeah, each owner will treat it as they treat it. And, yeah, the, the Yankees can't afford to stand pat. They can't. They cannot afford to do nothing. They need guys. They need a first baseman. They need a shortstop especially. They need to make moves, period. So, not going to be taking the we tried crap. Just not. And nobody should. At Mike underscore Pazienza says, I need to be convinced of the new CBA. I don't trust Manfred as far as I could throw big sexy. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) 
I don't trust Manfred either, but I mean, what do you need convincing on? I mean, the the numbers and the details about the CBA have been given out. I wonder what it is that you need uh, convincing on. It's interesting. At Bobby underscore Sabo says, baseball will be played, and for some, this is a lifeline to normalcy. I am one of those, having watched the game for 60 years. Wow. Shut out the noise and all distractions for the beauty of what the game, after all, is. A celebration. Wow. That's a good way to put it, yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've expressed the same sentiment myself many a time, but that is... It's a good way to put it, man. A lifeline to normalcy. Yeah. At Stanton Stash says, Universal DH and advertising on uniforms suck. We have the advertising on uniforms yet. You know, not really many people are fans of that. And uh, people see it for the money-making gimmick that it is, obviously. You know, like seeing the Nike logo on a Yankee uniform on the pinstripes is not really anything that anybody's really interested in seeing. And understandably so. But I mean, listen... As far as the universal DH, yeah, there are people out there who stick to tradition, and they think that at least one league should uphold it, and there should be some sign of the old days where pitchers used to hit regularly. But it's time. I gave my explanation before as to why it's time, and it's just not worth it, guys. It's not worth it. It also adds excitement to the game because you're sending up someone to the plate who actually knows how to freaking swing a bat. I mean, come on. It's just time already. I understand wanting to stick to tradition, and a lot of people have trouble with change. I have trouble with change in certain areas. It depends where it is, but or how drastic it is, but it's time for this. Come on. It's time. And I guarantee you before long, a lot of people who are making a stink about it will become fans of it, because you're actually having people sent up to the plate now who could actually hit a ball and not look completely ridiculous in attempting to do so. So... At Robbie Law 5 says, I'm not surprised by the Yankees' lack of moves so far. I think so much of what they do relies on trades involving current 40-man players. I mean, could be that. Or that they're in talks that not many people know about. (laughs) Because sometimes we've seen that Cashman operates very silently. And then the moves just kind of come out of nowhere in a lot of cases. So, could be that. Or yeah, it could be that they're in talks. I mean, we won't know until it happens, right? Up next is at Ricky underscore Butta, and they say, CBA is okay. The players caved. Owners running this game is going to kill it. Yankees need big help. Not sure they have the guts to do much. The players actually got the owners to move fairly well on some things, especially minimum salary and CBT, as I was saying earlier, the luxury tax. You can't get absolutely everything. (laughs) I'm just glad they got them to move pretty well at least, in some areas. I mean, that's really what I think about that. As far as the Yankees needing big help, yeah, in certain areas they do. Absolutely. And they better have the guts to do it. (laughs) Gotta see these moves made. It's gotta happen. All right, let's maybe do one or two more here on Twitter because I'm pretty sure I'm anywhere between like 15 and 20 replies. And we're heading up to an hour here. So let's see. Who's next? We'll do at Deborah Groovy 53 and they say, Howe will be cheaper than he was last year. Maybe he'll play shortstop. He's a number one loser. George was a number one winner. Howe should sell the franchise. He doesn't care if we ever see another trophy again. Never even goes to games. Cheap, cheap. Yeah, well, listen. Yeah, George certainly had the most intense winning mentality. You know, short of Derek Jeter, of course. Derek Jeter had that same winning mentality too. Drove him crazy to lose and come up short even if they had made the World Series and lost. They still considered it a failure because that's they're just elite winners. They want to win. They want to win it all. And yeah, listen. you know, A lot of you know out there that I'm not Hal's biggest fan. He's opened up the checkbook sometimes for certain guys like Garrett Cole, namely in the last couple of years, but... And, and George Steinbrenner, you got to remember something. George Steinbrenner was behind a lot of losing seasons, too. A lot of people seem to forget about that. Even people who were way older than me and actually experienced those years. I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, listen. Hal Steinbrenner, of course, he does not do what needs to be done a lot of the time. So, I certainly hear you there. And if they don't make any of the moves that need to be made this offseason, then that's just plain inexcusable. It's inexcusable. 
I don't have any dire problems with Gio Urshela. I don't really have any problems with him at all. But the Yankees need a better shortstop than that. They need a better shortstop. They need one. I'm done with the passive crap. They need an elite shortstop. Period. All right, I think that's where we'll stop on Twitter for today. We did plenty of replies. Obviously, a lot of you I didn't get to, of course. But uh, you know that whether I got to you or not, I appreciate your interactions nonetheless. Just keep on commenting. Eventually, I'm going to get to you. It's inevitable. You know, I get to as many people as I can. Anywhere from like 15 to like 25 replies a week. I really try. You hear me. I try. I'm at the hour mark right now. And I'm still, I still got Instagram to do. I really try to fit in as many people as I can, guys. But thank you nonetheless. We're going to go ahead and read a couple of them on Instagram as well. I'll read maybe like four or five of them on here. See what people have to say. How they're feeling. About everything right now. The new CBA, the Yankees going forward, what they've done right now, or the lack thereof as far as moves. We'll see what people have to say on Instagram to the very same question. Up first here on Instagram, we have got official 52011 saying, Finally, the lockout's over. I need to see that the Yankees want to win. But with the roster they have now, they're most likely going to end up in fourth place if they don't make any improvements. Yeah, we've said it. Improvements are needed. And it's tough to imagine them ending up anywhere else but, like, third or fourth place in that case. I I can't disagree with that. They need to make the moves. Next is NYY Sports Fan 96 and they say, Finally, we can talk about baseball. Glad that the days of the seven-inning doubleheaders and man on second are over. Yankees need to do something with free agency to improve this team or else they aren't a playoff team. I like the universal DH, but know that some are against it. I think because of a short spring training, more than 26 men are needed in the first few weeks of the regular season. Yeah, who knows? I mean, spring training is going to be about three weeks long, I believe, give or take three weeks. Definitely glad about the seven-inning doubleheaders and the man on second and extras being over, you know that. And uh, yeah, the Yankees definitely need to make their moves. I like the Universal DH as well. Yeah, I agree all around. Just reading this comment up and down, I agree with it, especially... The seven-inning doubleheaders and man on second being gone. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you can't be happy about that. I know some people were strangely, for some reason, like, fascinated and into it. But I, for the life of me, cannot understand how you could possibly be into that. Anyways, down to the final two as we head towards the end here. We've got my girlfriend, Vic Salimo. And Vic says, I, for one, am super thrilled that baseball's back. Finally. I'm remaining optimistic and hopeful that the Yanks will make the right moves to get us to 28 this season. There's work to do. All we can do is hope and look forward to what this season will bring. Let's get it. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) That's the general feeling. The general consensus amongst everybody. Everyone's just thrilled for baseball to be back and they're ready to get back into it. Right when the game takes to the field again, that's when we're all going to just be psychotic again. That's that's the end. That's it. We're all just going to go ballistic. Yeah, but I, I I can't wait either. But to get to 28, like we've said, they got to make those improvements. <laughs> it's going to happen. All right, last but certainly not least, as always, my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, I have to say, I'm shocked that since your last show, it was hard to believe that this week's show actually has us knowing that we have baseball back. Of course, I'm so relieved and thrilled. They went from splitting hairs for months with no results, and now, just like that in this last week, it's resolved. Well, maybe they heard you, Mike. (laughs) Maybe they did. Maybe they heard all of us. Or they were afraid they couldn't gross another billion if they didn't move and give the fans what they want. After all, without the fans, there's no baseball. So glad it's back. Yeah, they don't really care what the fans want. (laughs) I I really don't think that they do. It's It's about the money. That's what it's about. Because unfortunately, that's what everything's about, and that's part of maturing, just realizing that unfortunately what most humans care about is solely money. It's really it. It's an, it's an unfortunate reality of this world, and, and people who have that one-track mind are just gross in my opinion. There's so much more to life than money, and if money's all that you see, then you miss out on so much, so much about life. But yeah, it is hard to believe. From last week and all the weeks before that, and then all just in, just like that. All in a few days, the optimism starts to, the cautious optimism boils up a bit again, and then 
out of nowhere on Thursday, it gets done. That's how it happens sometimes. Hits you out of nowhere. It's crazy. But absolutely, without the fans, regardless of what the owners do and don't care about, without the fans, with any sport, there is no sport, and that remains the same for baseball. But with that being said, thank you, Mom, and thank you to all of you who interacted, as always, with this week's social media segment. You guys are the best. Keep it up every week, and the fun discussion will continue on each and every single week here on Yapping Yankees, and only get better now that baseball is back. But before we wrap up today, I wanted to give a quick shout-out and say that my thoughts and prayers are with Miguel Andujar, because I'm not sure how many of you heard about this, but a matter of days ago, Miguel Andujar was robbed at gunpoint in the Dominican Republic, and he is okay. He's okay. He's down in Florida with the Yankees at spring training. Pretty sure he was already seen hitting in the cage as all the videos on social media are dropping about the guys getting ready. They're showing them hitting in the cage. Real exciting stuff. And I'm pretty sure Andujar is one of them. But he, I do know for a fact that he's okay. Thank God. Just wanted to give a shout out to him and say thank God he's alright. Because obviously whenever you hear about this, in any case with anybody, it's horrifying. But of course... Inevitably, even more so with someone known like Miguel Andujar. It's just, it's terrible, period. And just thoughts and prayers are with him. I hope he's okay. Mentally, too. Because going through something like that, any experience at gunpoint has got to be absolutely terrifying. And I just hope he's hanging in there and doing okay. Just stories like this are absolutely terrible. Terrible. So, Andujar was assaulted and... Robbed at gunpoint. He's said to be okay physically. I hope he's okay mentally as well. Thoughts and prayers are with him and his family nonetheless. And I'm just glad he's down in Florida with the team. And and he seems to be okay. But as for now, my friends, that is all for episode 132 of Yapping Yankees Today. And I forgot to say this again earlier on in the show because there's just so much going on. So you'll have to forgive me. But I'm giving you the reminder right now to please... Follow me on all social medias, guys. Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. Twitter is at Mike Scudero. And Instagram is Mike Scuds97. Also, be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms that it's available on, guys. That's YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below on YouTube if you're listening on there. And leave a review on all the others, whether you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Show your usual love. And if you have the time, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed too. Episodes 34 up to episode 132 today are available on YouTube. And all Yapping Yankees episodes, every single one of them, going back to episode 1, including today's, are available on Apple Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today, my friends. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, March 20th, when I come at you with episode 133 of Yapping Yankees, when there will also be spring training games on TV at this point. (laughs) Baseball back on my television. I will not cry. (laughs) But until then, guys, hang in there. Be patient. Please stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Enjoy your week. And I cannot believe I'm saying this too, but enjoy baseball. God, that felt good. (laughs) Take care, guys. Talk to you next week. (laughs) 